Welcome to Generation Digital Workforce, the podcast that's here to explore the role of robotic process automation and other digital technologies. Whether you're just getting started or you're looking for advanced strategies and tactics, if you're curious about where human and digital workers are coming together to transform the future of work, then this podcast is for you. All right, let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome to the Generation Digital Workforce podcast. I'm Michael Marchuk, your host for today's episode, where we have a couple very special guests from ProTivity. Ken Thomas, who is a managing director in the Finance and Performance Management Group of ProTivity's Business Performance Improvement Practice, and Kathy Topol, who is a director in the same group from ProTivity. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and your role at ProTivity. Great. First, uh, thanks for having us on. Uh, so once again, I'm Ken Thomas, and uh, I, I lead a finance transformation uh, practice globally. And what that means is we help companies that we support and serve in the context of people, process, and technology, and how to have that trifecta optimized and transformed the way people work. Uh, so that's what we bring to our clients, and I will hand it off to Kathy to introduce uh, what she does. Sure. Thanks so much, Ken. I'm the director of the organizational transformation practice at ProTivity. And really, uh, in our practice, we really work with anywhere from the executives to the front line to really ensure that people are part of the success and at the center of the success of organizations. Great. So the world is going through some big changes now as we continue the recovery from the pandemic. Do you think the COVID crisis will spur more top-down thinking to redesign the organization? Very timely question, Michael. Thanks so much. Um, the COVID crisis has created a new normal, as we all know. Organizations have and will change going forward. And the question really becomes, what does your company need to look like to succeed in that new normal? The people of companies today, big or small, have a lot of fear and anxiety as to what the future holds as to be expected. Leaders must have a plan for what's next, which frequently will entail a redesign. Um, multiple clients that we're working with right now, Michael, actually started planning for the reemergence direction setting before COVID even began to near its peak. The important thing for leaders to really consider when redesigning for the new normal is how am I going to paint a picture of what this future is going to look like? Uh, employees really will need to stay engaged and be as productive as possible moving forward. It doesn't have to be a perfect picture, but it really needs to be one that everyone on the leadership team can articulate. It's really critical that leadership take key components into consideration when redesigning for that new normal that's out there. Um, when we work with clients, we suggest that the clients set a realistic time frame, such as maybe three years out for the picture they paint and the new normal and identify the key steps it will take to get there. It is important to take a, a real holistic view and consider uh, five key areas or pillars we really look to and we talk to our clients about. They really need to think about the return on expectation, where they're going there and what they can achieve. They need to really set the structure. As you know, we have a lot of remote workforce and we have a lot of different situations that are going to be upon us with COVID and what is the structure that they need as an organization. And really put some statements around what that vision, the culture is going to look like. There may need to be some changes in their culture. 
And really, what is that customer experience that is going to happen when they come back from this COVID crisis? And also, you know, what are the employee values that they're going to have to look out for? Because those those have changed. And really, this holistic view will allow individuals in the company to truly envision what their role may need to become and how they can most effectively be part of that change when they come back after COVID. So it's a long list of things, but really things that will make the future for corporations. So you mentioned a, a three-year sort of horizon for that planning effort. Um, I imagine there's a number of different you know, sub-steps to get out to three years, because that seems like it's a, a fairly long ways away, especially when you look at the, the transformation and the changes that had to happen within such a very short period of time. Is there mm-hmm. anything sort of in the midterm that the company should be looking at um, as they reemerge, sort of as like their first hurdle? I'm truly painting a picture. They have to give the individuals the idea of what they're they're coming back to and what's going to be important to the corporation. So really getting those key factors in place for them um, and getting some insight into the first steps and in phases of how they're going to be reemerging. That that makes total sense. So as we look at this sort of transformational you know, journey, who who's in charge here? Who should be leading the plan to build that sustainable organization-wide business transformation? Because it, it seems like it could be pretty complex um, with a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I'm just going to add on to Kathy's last reply a little bit in that. So, you know, the the journey uh, to some degree from a transformation or or optimization is one that many companies had started to embark embark on even before COVID. And obviously, we know there were different maturity levels and achievements that uh, were, were accomplished before COVID. And in many cases, or some cases, I should say, some companies, uh, you know, again, had this on their plan, but didn't make much progress in that regard. And, and what, what I'm hearing a lot of from the top down uh, boards, for example, asking the C-suite, uh, uh, the leaders of organizations, what their plans are to, in fact, get back to, in some cases, the, the overall strategy to continue to innovate and, and grow and, and have their, their people be part of the success. So the journey, though, I don't think necessarily as and will start, the clock doesn't start necessarily now. And some, some companies have started the clock and not made much progress. So they'll have to pick that back up and, and move things forward. I just thought I'd share that color of what I hear uh, in the marketplace as it relates to top down. So the, the folks who are, are demanding this or, or, or at least saying, Hey, we, we need a plan here is really starting at the board level. Um, asking the hard questions from the executives, you know, what's the plan, right? So when when these executives um, are starting to build this plan out there, um, what kind of things are they looking at? I mean, I know Kathy mentioned you know the, the short term release, uh, what the, that end might look like. Um, what's their what's their anticipation of of that first step going in, and what should they be looking at or planning for as they they step back into whatever that new normal is? Yeah, I think what I'm hearing most companies are are clearly look. I think uh, not. I, most companies were not prepared from a resiliency perspective to deal with the pandemic and deal with the disruption and, and a global disruption at that. So I think there were business continuity plans. There are a number of plans out there that didn't come to fruition. So the first thing companies are doing right now, at least the boards are asking them, is to really take a look back and see if they were, if we were to run as a globe, 
into a second phase of COVID, for example, what would their resiliency plan be? What would the plan be for their people? What would the plan be for sustainability, if you would, of the, the core practice? And I think that's the, where companies should start looking at where were they pre-COVID? What has worked? Because again, it's, it's, it's amazing to see how companies have, in, in very short order, dealt with the virtual world, started to get to much more of a automated uh, solution in, in things that they previously had started but not completed. So really doing that, that check and saying, what had work, what is working, and what needs to work? I think doing a, a, key, a key maturity check of where they are in that growth platform. I think your, your prior question also around from a sustainability perspective, organization-wide, you know, what kind of transformation are these, are these companies looking to achieve, and how far along and how involved were the people, and how was the tone at the top communicated uh, to, to the to the uh, to the entire organization as to not just what was being done, why it was being done, and probably the most importantly, you know, how do employees, whether people or digital, how do all the resources that these companies have and or need to invest in participate in this new normal as it moves forward? Because I think you're going to see a lot of impact in how companies digitize their way they they work uh, and change the way people work, but have their people at the center of this, because again, I think that change, that innovation, that stride for the next year, the next level of being virtual is, is certainly something that we see being uh, becoming more and more the norm. And the way people work, where they work, where the time zones they work, all of these things are things that, you know, tactically companies are looking at. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, you mentioned a little bit about um, automation and how the automation plays into this. And we've seen a lot of transformation focus on on the automation as an enabler. Obviously, true transformation is not just a technology play. So what should executive leaders be thinking through when they're driving this massive change? Um, I think really, first and foremost, they have to think about the alignment of the future direction, as I spoke about before, painting that picture. They really need to ensure that the entire leadership team can articulate how the mission, vision, strategy, metrics, and brand really align together to each other and come together to make up the new normal for their organization. People are looking for that. Um, secondly, they really should ensure that they have a very strong collaboration and communication plan. This includes things like the communication channels they'll use, the core audiences they're going to work with that need to collaborate, the types of messages that they'll need to send, and really an ongoing detailed schedule of the plan um, because the, the communication is so critical um, and these changes that they have within the transformation. And then I think Ken touched on it a bit, but Next Leadership really needs to ensure there's a plan for innovation and idea sharing and implementation. Um, because we're going to need that one um, in this transformation that they're going through. And really during a large transformation, it's going to have to have everybody have input for adoption and engagement and really a channel to make them happen if you put those ideas in um, and achieve that future state. And really the final component is then how are you, is really what you talked about before is the delivery, which gets into things like menu systems and more of the technology the new structures that have to be put in place and the process changes that'll need to occur. Unfortunately, this is where a lot of organizations start during a transformation when they think about change in people. 
but they really, really need to start thinking about that change when the new vision is created and the direction and in the situation with COVID is, is really when they're coming back from that change right up, right up front. Well, we all know that people often have um, a hard time changing and, you know, people make up our organization. So as we look to these transformational efforts, um, organizations aren't going to be able to, to, to flip on a dime to be able to, to do a transformation. So um, because change doesn't really come easy for most organizations, how can you tell when a firm is ready to do a digital transformation, maybe and introduce digital employees alongside human employees? So, you know, I, I think one of the things that we're finding with the pandemic uh, come across loud and clear, and this is you know, industry-wide, uh, different parts of the world, uh, where I, I think transformation, change, these are concepts that there was such resistance to from time to time, depending on the culture of a company. But I think the mindsets, and that's the key word, I think, the mindsets have changed for leadership, for employees, for staff that are engaged in realizing that, you know what, even though they did not really embrace this previously, maybe, this is not an option going forward. And frankly, this is how they have really succeeded in these times of unknown and disruption. So I think that environment has just proposed, just pushed them into this mindset of we've got to change and they've already changed knowingly or unknowingly. So I think that mindset is starting to change. And how you recognize that is you're, you're starting to see uh, companies really that not just because their board has asked them to, to think differently or asked them to using technology as an enabler uh, to minimize the, the, uh, the impact and, and, and the disruption, but you're finding people actually embrace, whether it's technologies uh, just in communication, but much more so technologies that are key enablers to changing the way people work. They realize that the, the non-digital way of working Certainly, said another way, companies that have been very successful in these times of whether they're dealing with uh, certain key milestones and deliverables, those that were much more automated and enabled by technology, the, the physical distance has not been that big of a barrier for them to be very successful in these times. So I think just the fact that these times have, have required people to be resilient, companies to really uh, embrace that and, and frankly, not much of a choice. Uh, I find that that environment we're finding to be more the case today than ever before. So I think one of the things I look for, and, and, and I think you would concur, is the mindsets of leaders, the tone at the top, stating that, look, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've jumped in there, we've succeeded together, uh, but how do we have the strategy of this next phase of our, of our maturity, of our plan, of our strategy, which, frankly, I think has... I needed to change in many cases because, again, the opportunities are different. The facts and circumstances are different. I think as people re-enter the physical workplace, even the definition of what physical workplace will look like. But more importantly, I think the use of technology is one that's much more embraced today than I've seen it even months ago. Right. So I think that is those are some leading indicators that the the COVID pandemic is, is kind of forced on, on companies and then people therein. And leaders, I think, generally have stepped up to to really allow and, and enable and empower their people to be innovative, to be part of the solution, uh, to really use technology, not because it's told and required at the top, but because people are really embracing the key enablement they're able to get through digitization and, and, and embracing that. 
That that makes sense, and and we see that uh, in a lot of organizations as they um, have the people who are are working in these frontline um, you know, roles are seeing the autom- automation not be a threat like they once thought it could be, but actually an enabler for them to get more done and to focus on some of the more important things that are really about the business. So where should an organization start when it's looking to adopt a digital workforce after their initial successes at a smaller scale? Michael, you touched on a, this is a very interesting question and you uh, touched on a few things and some of your last comments about them accepting some of the the digitization. But really, um, one of the first things is just the term digital workforce um, is tough for from a people perspective. And you have to appreciate I'm coming from the people view, really. And it has a connotation that, you know, the robots are taking jobs, which really is a tough sell when you're doing transformation on the people perspective and when you're trying to adopt change in the space of digital automation. Um, leaders really need to start with the uh, functionality improvements and what the automation will do for the organization. Again, it all goes back to achieving that vision for the future. People can really engage in that. And they need to be very aware of not making automation seem as if it is aligned with human talent. And really the word workforce in upon itself really creates that kind of inappropriate alignment, makes the transition to automation um, very difficult to adopt and engage as an individual and as people. So leaders really need to think about referring it to something like, you know, digital automation or just automation, like so many other technology solutions that have been implemented already. It really changes that perception of robots are taking my job into engagement on how I can identify ways to really automate functions so I can be more productive and provide higher level thinking for the organization, as you touched on before you asked me the question. And really focusing on things like customer experience and innovation instead of the day-to-day transactions of which the automation takes on and creating new products or functions. And really what happens is they start getting ideas on solutions that will truly help leadership innovate to achieve their vision faster. That makes makes a lot of sense uh, to help soften the blow and certainly to allow the, the employees to own that, that whole concept of transformation. But exactly. so you, as we're all, you have to start somewhere, right? There, there's, mm-hmm. a, you have to start somewhere, but what's one or two things that every organization should be preparing for during their digital transformation? So Michael, what I find and when I, you know, what I see working really well when companies really have a, a purpose, a well-defined fit for purpose solution around that digital plan and, and how do people fit within them? And they do this in a sense of having the right metrics that they're going to manage against. And I'll come back to that one. The second one I'd mention is we've been talking about change management and the, the people side and getting people involved uh, is certainly critical. So, so on both these points, I find that if companies and as companies go through their transformation uh, and, and pay attention to, they, they usually come ahead. So uh, on the first point, as I stated, you know, having a well-defined fit-for-purpose strategy and having a well-defined communication plan of how decisions are going to be made. And I find having data-driven decisions to be really helpful so that you can tell your story based on the metrics therein. I'm a firm believer you manage what you measure. So if you're 
measuring the right things. Typically, people know what you're managing towards. You're defining success equally and in, in most cases in a tangible way on what the outcome and path and journey needs to be. And I think the more people understand that, which, of course, in these times where things are virtual and technology continues to be a big part of how people are coping and, in fact, exceeding and achieving things that even in the past they didn't know were achievable, Finding, I'm finding that companies that really have those metrics well-defined, communicated, and really hold to, to seeing how they're doing against that really work well. And in some cases, of course, there are changes and things don't work exactly as planned, but that's okay. It's based on metrics. It's, uh, it's your story that you could tell based on that. Uh, as I stated, the other thing is then managing people in a way that they understand they are part of this change and change is not happening to them but it's something that they're involved with. Their innovation is critical. We've talked about this throughout. But at the end of the day, really having a plan, a long-term plan, one, two years out for folks is so critical. So just saying you're involved with this change is fine, but how are companies planning to develop people, skill sets, mindsets towards how to be successful in this continuous and rapidly changing digitized world that we're living in? And as I stated, I think the pandemic and the works, the the, uh, the situation now is leading us faster than ever to address this. But we have to bring our people along. We have to bring them along in the in the sense of giving them a purpose of how they fit in. So those are the two things that come to mind where I see organizations really preparing how to get into this digital transformation, and and not just preparing for it, but having the whole organization be part of it. It's interesting how you, you mentioned the um, bringing people along with it, not having change be happening to them. And as we look at it from uh, sometimes from a, a corporate perspective, you know, we make corporate plans and we make corporate, um, you know, long term roadmaps. Um, Oftentimes, those roadmaps, which are are done at maybe board level or at the C-suite, um, by the time they get filtered down, you know, maybe the, the the folks that are in middle management and below don't necessarily know the full strategy, the full roadmap that they may be going on, um, or maybe that roadmap is not super clear. So as you look at the the metrics that you're headed for and for the changes, it really looks like there needs to be some clarity. Of, of really what that direction is so that you can put appropriate metrics in it, which may be different depending on, you know, where you're at in a maturity cycle, what industry you're in and whatnot. Um, is that, is that right? Or is that, am I thinking about that wrong? No, you're thinking about it right. And I'll add, you know, and again, this is a global pandemic that we're living in now and different countries and different jurisdictions are opening up differently, even in the, in the U S uh, in many parts of the world, I think paying attention to that and, and look, we don't know, uh, what the future is and how much more people and companies and, and strategies will have to adapt. We just know that change will continue to happen. But you're spot on in defining it the way you did because, again, I think uh, it could be within a company that they may have and need multiple plans if they're global, for example. So uh, I think that's worth calling out as well. That makes sense. Well, it is about the people. And, and speaking of people, um, I know when, when I think about this and, you know, I'm not in um, the, the HR, the resource management team, generally speaking, but I look at HR as this human resources group that, that manages people. But as we look at, you know, moving forward with um, a digital transformation, you know, are, are there changes that happen within the human resources team as we, you know, add in these digital resources as we go? Um, really, that's a good question. Uh, 
first thing that really should be adjusted is to always make reference to, you know, the people, the individuals, and not that seeing them as human resources. And I know that that's a big change that's going on in the industry. This simple but really vitally important difference makes a huge impact on the way individuals perceive the company values them. And that's so important right now in this time and what they bring to the organization overall. And this concept of the terminology of human digital workforce and putting them together, as we see quite frequently, evokes a lot of ethical debates on what's right and what isn't when it comes to automation. Is it important to really keep the digital and human resources separate? Um, it's combining them together is what is creating the real large anxiety in organization that robots are, are taking our jobs. I'm sure you've probably even heard that before. Um, why, I have to say, why combine them together? The human resource team's not prepared, nor should they be, to deal with digital resources. Um, robotics should be, shouldn't really be humanized, but rather just seen as a technology. No different than something like a scanner and how that helped people be much more productive and bring their highest value possible to really the future direction or the new normal for the organization. As you know, I believe people should always be, you know, seen at the heart of business success. And robots are nothing more than automation technology that supports their success. It will really make the adoption of the automation less of a threat and open people up for really bringing even more automation ideas forward without that fear of losing their job to the digital workforce or the robots. That, that makes a lot of sense in terms of humanizing it. It, it reduces the, um, the anxiety that you said that it may occur because you have um, people who are looking at their, their jobs and these are their livelihood. And as they are reviewing, you know, what this new automation might be doing, you, know, you said the fear could creep in if there's a, a, a potential for them to be um, being replaced or being even the thought of being replaced, even though they may not be replaced, they may be thinking about it just because of the, the terminology that we use. So I think it's important, you're right, to approach it delicately and have a good communication plan about how that how that might look in the future. Most definitely. It's all about perception and the way that uh, you present it to them. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Ken, Kathy, I'd like to thank you both for a very interesting uh, program. I think we had a lot of great insights into digital transformation, and uh, we really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you, Michael. And, you know, I just end by saying this is really exciting. Uh, I think uh, there, there's so much change happening, and, and frankly, I think the environment is removes some of the barriers and, and this, the, the resistance to change. Because many times companies have been forced in this in this environment to be innovative, and the best way to do it, they've got their own people and they've included them. So I look forward to the continuous change, the continuous embracement, the continuous mindset change towards this digitized world that, in fact, has been happening for some time, but has accelerated. And we we just find companies, organizations, people that have embraced this. Uh, have, have gone a little ahead and, and probably even continue to get ahead of companies that don't. So I encourage those listening in uh, to, uh, to embrace it because these times are, are quite unique, but they're one of opportunity. 
You've been listening to Generation Digital Workforce. If you want to hear more about RPA, AI, and other cognitive technologies that are shaping the future of work, join us next time as we continue to go deeper on these topics with industry innovators and experts. To make sure you never miss a future episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. And if you've liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. It's one of the best ways to help more people find valuable content. For show notes and more info, visit us at blueprism.com slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.